raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. This is Trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee. Hello. Can we be the first to say happy holidays? It's not December yet, but Thanksgiving has passed us. Uh, for many of us, the Christmas season is already beginning in the holiday season. We thank you for joining us. And some uh, highlights to get us thinking about the Indy 500. We have passed the halfway point. We are now closer to the 107th Indianapolis 500 than the 106th Indianapolis 500 from this past May. Kevin Lee, Kurt Cavan, and in our studios in downtown Indianapolis, Josh Molinix. Uh, we have one more confirmation for the entry list for the 500. We'll update what might still be available. And there are still good seats to be had for the full season. And we have a number and a sponsor change within a team, plus your tweets coming up at Kevin Lee 23 at Kirk Cavan. Just a one hour episode tonight uh, because of other programming commitments earlier. But we're back at seven o'clock for a full two hours for the rest of the month with just the final Tuesday in December off. And then we'll be back on the first Tuesday in January as well. So we've had one week off, just one more week. And and the news ferry didn't hold. There were a few things that trickled out last week, but it's evened up. I don't know that anything's really happened yesterday or today. So we'll get caught up with everything in the next little bit and and move a little bit closer to actual racing. I would say we're, what, six weeks away from things starting to ramp up again with Rolex 24 action, IndyCar testing in late January and so forth. Yeah, I think once the calendar turns to 2023, that's when it really gets serious for me. You know, normally we're going through an exercise of how many Indy 500 cars do we still have to to count? How many can we get to? I think at this point in our lives, we know that uh, the 2023 Indy 500 will have probably 34. So that's a good number. And it's something we're eager to see kind of come together. But you know, really, once once we get past Christmas and celebrate New Year's, I think it's it's then it's all downhill and and the tempo will really pick up. You know, we even talked about it in the office in the last uh, week, you know, just how how strange it is that the while the news fairy has been productive and passing out good cheer, uh, November has been pretty quiet there. It hasn't had a lot of the things that we normally would see whether it was a race being added or taken off the calendar, whether it was a driver uh, being named to a team. I mean, it's been pretty quiet on the news front in November. While we have had some things, we've also known for some time. And uh, that's that's a to me, that's a sign of the health of the series. I think that, you're getting greedy. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I think it's a, health, it's, it's a sign that things are rolling along pretty well when you have things buttoned up. So that's or, or we just had all the bombshells happen before the season was over, you know, like one guy being signed by two teams on the same day, those kind of things. Well, but, yeah, but you're right. Yeah, we, we got a lot of things done a little bit earlier, but hey, don't be surprised that, that there may still be another bombshell out there. I'm not hinting to something that I can't tell you about. I don't know what it would be, but the way things have been going, uh, not a lot would surprise me that there is another surprise coming and we'll do a little car count on where things stand for the Indy 500 
uh, to go along with the news of the day coming up in just a little bit. Uh, in line with the holiday season, one thing I'll mention, and, and I think one of the good things that remains with social media is the ability to promote uh, charitable charitable partners. And most of the teams, IndyCar, they all have uh, causes that they feel strongly about. I know IndyCar is a partner with the American Legion, just like Chip Ganassi Racing is. So today's Giving Tuesday. So they put out a lot of things there. Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. So check all the team sites, but I know they listed their three major uh, charitable arms, mostly regarding our troops. So just about everybody, that's the great thing about having a little bit of a platform is that you do get a chance to promote some of those things. Uh, my causes would be those associated with, with my son's race program, Race for RP, Relapsing Polychondritis, and Autoimmune Disease Research. I think I retweeted something that they're doing for Giving Tuesday, and I know Jackson tweeted a link yesterday, and then also the IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center. Uh, I don't know that they were doing anything specific for Giving Tuesday, but you know they are a, a nonprofit organization, and everyone's always in the uh, business of being very open and very welcome to any donations. So, and I'm sure you saw some today that I missed as well that are out there. No, I just think it's, it's, it's good to point out that teams, you know, while they raise money for their own racing endeavors, that they do a lot of extra good for others and you can go through the team list. And and I think that's a great example. Uh, We have a story today that on the website at IndyCar.com that talks about, and just reminds people of the people ready challenge and yeah. all the work that went into, you know, yes, uh, Joseph Newgarden won a million dollars for, for not only his team and himself, but also for a couple of, of really important causes, uh, wags and walks based in Nashville and serious fun children's network, uh, that Paul Newman and his foundation started. Uh, so half a million dollars goes to those two organizations. They split that, but you know, there's a lot of race teams and, and I wrote about, uh, Alexander Rossi's $10,000 was shared, uh, with a horse rescue, uh, organization down in North Carolina. His family grew up around horses. His mother loved horses, uh, still does. And this horse rescue is, has benefited. In fact, I called the woman, uh, last week and, on the morning that I spoke to her, uh, she had just gotten her mail and had received the check from Andretti Autosport, uh, which was, you know, basically going to cover their month's uh, bill for taking care of 42 horses and and Great. rejuvenating them. So it it uh, you know this is a day we celebrate Giving Tuesday as kind of an unofficial holiday, but teams and drivers are doing this all year round, and and that's what we want to point out is. These teams are, uh, you know, using the platform that they have for for great causes, whether it be the American Legion or or uh, Conquer Paralysis. Now that was a, that was another one that that benefited St. Jude's Hospital, uh, being yet another that benefited from the People Ready Challenge. So, uh, a lot of good things being done in this sport. Okay, since we last talked, which would have been two weeks ago, we did get the confirmation of an Indy 500 program, and it was what everyone guessed. The Dreyer and Reinbold Racing and Cusick Motorsports will combine to enter Stefan Wilson for his fifth Indy 500 attempt in the number 24 car. This is the first of two planned entries, not guaranteed. We'll get into that in a moment, but two planned entries for Dreyer and Reinbold Racing. So before we get to what this means for Sage Karam and about the other seat, 
we'll speak on Stefan Wilson for a bit and what he's been able to do and and frankly how much better a situation this is going to be for him and the the opposites you know last year the car was basically built the day before Indy 500 practice began and wasn't finished until after practice began it took three organizations to put that together and here this year they've got a deal with a very solid full-time race team even though it's a one-off but they have a very solid program put together in November. Yeah, it was it was quite unfair last year to ask uh Stefan Wilson and those associated with the team uh to make noise at the Indy 500, you know, as you as you pointed out the calendar and how it unfolded for them in terms of getting their program together and their car ready. I mean, you had, you had Dragon Speed people working with Q6 people with working with IndyCar people working with Stefan Wilson. And, and it just wasn't the type of fair shot that you would expect an Indy 500 program to have, especially when the other basically 32 other entries were up and rolling well ahead of, of them. So, you know, Stefan's been one. You forget he's, he's been involved with the sport since 2016. Uh, Indy Lights and so forth, uh, as you move beyond that. But, but, uh, this will be, I think his fifth shot at the Indy 500. And aside from the couple years when he ran with Andretti, this will be his best shot at an Indy 500. And, and, uh, you know, Dryer Reibold has run well at Indy in, and they had two cars in the top 10, what last year or the, or the year before Sage Karam, I know in 21 finished seventh. Uh, so they have had some good luck. And this will be fun to watch Stefan and, and have him have a legitimate chance to be in the top half of the field. Now for Sage Karam, um, his time comes to an end with them after driving what eight of his nine appearances with yeah. that team and, and several really good runs, a couple of stretches that did not go quite as well. And he's spent some time focusing on what he's doing in NASCAR. And I think he essentially was told, you know, we, we'd we be interested, but it's time to bring some budget along with this program. He has, I'm sure, been bringing some budget, but Dennis and his partners have been helping out significantly. So all things considered, we've given this a go uh, to try to develop something, but we've got to look at the bottom line. And the Cusick Motorsports program is going to bring some needed budget. I don't know where I see a place for Sage Karam especially considering what budget he does raise, he may decide, you know what, I can allocate what I might get for one race to doing 10 NASCAR races, whether they be Xfinity or Cup or whatever. And I know he teased something, you know, that he signed a contract on Twitter recently. Uh, My guess is that's probably for NASCAR. I don't think he signed something for the Indy 500 in the last couple of weeks. Agreed, and mostly because there just aren't aren't seats that uh, seem to have his name affixed to it. But uh, you know, I don't think there's any hard feelings. They have run together. They've spent a lot of time together, Dryer Reinbold and Sage Karam. They've had good runs, um, and I just I think they probably I haven't spoke to either one of them in the last you know few days, but I suspect that they're leaving on good terms. And and while it was probably a surprise maybe to sage based on some of the quotes that i saw from him um i don't think i don't think this will be a negative moving forward i think they'll all think about uh, their time together in a really positive light helped each other and uh that's what what's what partnerships are about in this sport and i would hope that 
his participation with NASCAR teams and with sponsors that are helping him in that regard might increase the chances that he can continue in the Indy 500. Let's face it. If you're a partner, if you're a sponsor, you want someone who's going to get some attention and that's a way to do it. Put a program around. Maybe he does the double or, you know, maybe it's even a double involving an Xfinity program and the Indy 500, but that's just an extra talking point because if if you watch NASCAR broadcasts, unless you're running in the top 10, it's tough to get mentioned. So you've got to be creative if you're one of those programs outside the top 10. And, and Sage does have a chance in mid-level equipment to run well. He has run well, but that's the point there, that maybe there's there's something that one of his partners in NASCAR might say, you know what, there's still a seat available if there is. Um, then maybe we tr- might try to get him in the Indy 500 because we know he's very, very capable. So second seed for Dry and Reinbold. Uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about, you know, I think this might be the best opportunity remaining for the NASCAR drivers, for Jimmy Johnson or for Kyle Larson or Kyle Busch, obviously only one available. And we kind of talked that amongst ourselves between those three. Um, I think Jimmy Johnson's really the only one in my mind that can work there with a driver as a teammate without a ton of experience in Stefan Wilson. Let's see what four Indy 500s and one other, maybe two yes. other Indy car races. One other, one other. Just, he, he never did the GP. He's only done that Baltimore Grand Prix, uh, which will have been 10 years ago by, by 26, next year. 2016. Was it? No, it may have been before. I think, I it, think was it was 2013. Well, it might've been, it might've been. Yeah. So anyway, with that said, I think it's in their best interest, everyone's best interest, someone that's at least on the Indy 500, so that doesn't doesn't rule out Jimmy Johnson. But even more than that, now depending on the commercial aspect of it, because somebody's got to pay for it, and Jimmy's the one that has a budget, but if I'm Dreyer and Reinbold, are you, I'm looking at, I'd like to have J.R. Hildebrand or Charlie Kimball. I want someone that knows their way around this place that can help the entire program. Yeah, of course. And, you know, but you can't always get everything you want in a deal. You want to have the funding. You'd like to have someone with experience. Uh, that's why Jimmy kind of fits perhaps both if his funding is sufficient and he's interested in doing it, uh, with mm-hmm. this race team. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a case of you, you probably have to pick the strongest package you can get. And that might be financial and that might be experience. It might be, you know, overall talent. It might be exposure. It could be anything of those to be the number one factor for uh, putting a driver in the car. But you know, you're right. Uh, a Hildebrand uh, makes more sense from a standpoint of, of his experience. Um, but Jimmy might fit both, you know, experience and money. I mentioned Hildebrand and Kimball because I think one, their experience and they've both been good at Indy. And two, I think there's a, a very decent possibility that they have budget attached to them. JR has been able to, to have sure. partners, especially with the, the things he does in real life. Uh, he is associating himself with some people who are interested in being a part of the Indy 500. Charlie has always been great at finding budget as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if either of those guys uh, would be possibilities in that regard. Uh, you know, Jimmy's probably the easiest because we know there's budget there, but Jimmy might decide, you know what, 
uh, I'm only going to do it if I can do it with Chip Ganassi. And if I can't do it with the team I'm comfortable with, with a lot of veteran teammates, then I'm just going to pass for this year. And and then the other that comes to mind would be Ryan hunter Ray. I think anybody that has a seat would be interested in Ryan. Now, he is the least likely of those drivers I've mentioned to be able to bring budget. And I also think that Ryan is going to have other options. I, and for, for Ryan's sake, I hope this is true. There might be a little mini bidding war for his services right now. It's now looking more likely that, from what we're reading from racer.com and motorsport.com, that Chip Ganassi Racing, while first saying we want the same driver in the car all year, now, oh, there's no one available that we are comfortable with and brings enough budget to do the entire season. So now they may be open to splitting it up. If they do, sure would make a lot of sense for Ryan Hunter Ray, but Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan, I think, has sponsorship. So they may be saying, no, 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 we want Ryan Hunter Ray. Yeah, it, it, it's funny how you said, uh, you know, somebody with uh, sponsorship and, and the level and and a team saying like Chip Ganassi Racing that this driver we're comfortable with. But there's a price at which you become comfortable with the driver, depending <laughs> on what his budget is. And uh, I've heard uh, some numbers thrown around about what what uh, what Chip Ganassi Racing was asking for that fourth seat. And it was a big, big number. And so higher if, than the so the high number now is a million and a half. Well, that's I meant like, for the season. Oh, for the for season, the, it was yeah, a yeah. season number, and uh, probably whatever number you throw out, I heard it was bigger than that. So it, uh, I'm going to guess that they were hoping to get somewhere in the ten million range. It was more than that that they were asking for. Okay, uh, so, which is why it hasn't been. Uh, received yet. at this point. Yeah. But, <laughs> hey, but it never hurts to ask. It never hurts to ask. So anyway, it's a, it's a good time. And, uh, yeah, I hope Hunter Ray's in this race. I have missed him from an experience standpoint, from a kind of a cachet standpoint. And, and he's just good people to hang around. So I hope he gets a ride. By the way, going back to, uh, the second seat ad dryer and Reinbold touched on this earlier it's i can't put this in the guarantee list in part because one nothing is guaranteed until it's done and bruce martin had a quote from dennis reidenbold on forbes.com um first asking about if he's talked to the kyles and he said the only way i can answer that question right now is to say that we talk to everybody reidenbold admitted we've gathered a lot of information and haven't made a decision it's got to be the right fit and i don't know who it will be or if we'll do it or not at this point in time, we plan to run two cars, but if it's not the right not the right fit, we won't. I think they'll run two cars. Uh, that's a that's a nice way of saying it. That uh, we need somebody who we like to come up with the money, but I think they'll run two cars. And that's also a good way to get the message out there that you don't bother lowballing us because there there is a, an asking price that we need to do it properly. And if we don't find a driver that we're comfortable with combined with the budget level, either from you or from people we find, then we're not going to run it. We're, we're not going to lose money on this deal. And they're probably not going to take someone that magically comes up with the money if they don't feel like they can enhance the program. Well, you're right. I think uh, it's also a line in the sand that we aren't doing this just to do it. And people should know that people like some of the drivers you mentioned, don't come lowballing because we need to do this right and we need to do what's best for the company and or the race team. And, um, you know, Dennis, uh, 
Dennis isn't, I mean, he's, he, Dennis doesn't just throw money around to, to participate in the Indy 500. He's done that and he's done it well. And, you know, he's won races, uh, with his race team. And so, you know, do it the right way. And I applaud that. So here's what I've got for car count for the Indy 500. I, I count 29 drivers confirmed. If you include Sato, we've not seen a press release or anything, but we've seen on the record quotes from Dale Coyne saying we plan to run Takuma in the Indy 500. So that's 29. And I'd say we're at 33 entries confirmed. And this is how I get to that math. The second who goes Hollinger racing. I I can't 100% confirm that yet because as much as they plan to run that entry until they find a driver that they're comfortable with that can bring the budget. You know, if that doesn't happen, that car might not run. I think it will, but I can't guarantee that second car is going to run full time this season. Uh, I would assume it's going to run the 8,500, but that's still a little bit of a question mark, but I'm still going to say that entry is confirmed, but we don't know the driver. So that's 30. The fourth Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan car would be 31. A fourth Ganassi car in some form or fashion, I'm sure, is going to run. That's 32. And Dale Coyne has said we're going to run a third car. So I'm going to say that's 33. We get to 34 with the second Dreyer and Reinbold car. And then I still think there is a chance, probably less than 50-50, at something else coming around. Maybe it is a fifth Ganassi car. Uh, Maybe they do decide that they want to run Jimmy Johnson in an extra car and they can do that there, or maybe the right circumstance comes together and the right budget and the right personnel become available to help run that car. And Ed Carpenter Racing runs a fourth car. Those are kind of the other scenarios that I see at this point. So that's why it's 34. The over-under is 34 and a half to make it, to make it tough on you, right? <laughs> it is tough on me, and I'll take the under, but... um but I won't take the under by by much, so I'll take 34. I'm going to go 50-50. I'm going to stand right on top of the fence. And well, in, like I, it, I said earlier, we've seen a lot of surprises recently. Something else might surprise us. And if somebody comes with the right amount of money for Kyle Busch or Kyle Larson to fund that, and they might be able to convince somebody to do this. And people also get really... Uh crazy right after the first of the year in terms of looking forward to the Indy 500. And so while we sit here and think 17 and 17 between the two manufacturers seems like the right thing to do, and teams probably shouldn't run an extra car uh, among those that we're talking about or considering, but then after the first of the year and you think, well, yeah, look, it is racing season now. We're back on our horse. We're ready to talk about putting a program together. I could see one coming together. So that's not out of the question. So news on the Ganassi front, uh, driver-wise, fourth entry-wise, and also management since we've last chatted. We'll get into that. Uh, nice story on what we're all hoping will happen at some point, expanding the schedule to 20 races. We'll get into some of those details. And Twitter questions, too, at Kevin Lee 23 It's Trackside, 93.51075, The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Thank you for staying with us, Kevin Lee, Kurt Cavan. Uh, Josh Molinix in our studios on the circle where the world largest Christmas tree is visible. We're going to have to make a visit downtown very soon. Next week, seven until nine, more reasonable hours. Podcast will be up. Uh, make sure you check that out. Even if you listen to us live, which we greatly appreciate on uh, either the regular radio or on the streaming app at 1075thefan.com. And do us a favor, download the podcast. Somebody knows what those numbers are. Kurt and I don't, but somebody does. And we hope that they're good. Uh, some other notes we want to get to. You know what I want to do first? I want to make sure I get to the couple of Twitter questions that I saw come in before we move on to other things, because I, I think there are some things that people are talking about. I'll go in reverse order. Fleetwood Marky Moose asked, is the TV contract up this year? If so, do you think Indy Car can hang tight for another year to see how NASCAR's new contract shakes out? So we'll answer that first. No, I don't believe. Well, you know what? There, there's probably an option, but I believe what was written publicly. So I'll just go with that said that it was a three year deal. Now, whether it's a two year with an option, I honestly don't know, but my mental thinking on this was it was a line to go along with the NASCAR contracts. And I believe everything expires at the end of 2024 and those negotiations, you're seeing more about that in the sports media right now about NASCAR, but those conversations, if they haven't already started, they will officially begin probably early in 23. And I wouldn't be surprised if there is a deal done by the time we get to the brickyard next summer. That's sometimes the way the timing has been. And if either Fox or NBC don't continue you might see one of them not broadcast NASCAR in 2024. I doubt it, but that has happened before in not just motorsport, but any sports media contract. So IndyCar is aligned with that as well, and they probably all matter. I don't know where, you know, I don't know if NBC is more inclined to want to keep IndyCar if they have NASCAR uh, because they're in the motorsports business. Or if they lose NASCAR, do they feel like we've got to have programming and sports programming, so we must keep IndyCar? Or would they feel, eh, we're getting out of the motorsports business and we're going to spend more money on golf or we're going to go after the NBA or whatever the case. Now, the reality is the money they would save for the NBA, uh, for, for the IndyCar rights fees, what's that getting you, a weekend of NBA games? It might get you uh, the second half of a Laker game. Yeah, it's is not going very far. So that that is a small part of that. But that's where things stand. And you'll probably start to hear a lot more about TV negotiations, probably more so from NASCAR. And as I've mentioned before, you know, the the entities, whether it's NASCAR, IndyCar, any sports, they want the Apples and the Netflixes and the Amazon Primes, all of them. They want them bidding as well. So it's not just between the traditional four networks. They need more bidders in there. And, you know, I think one thing that you could see with NASCAR is 
they might split something up and do a digital package. And that's where I think adding extra races comes in or midweek races, you know, maybe they do something on that front. So that is all TBD. Second, uh, Mark says, can you give us a couple of segments in May with Donald? Need not be live. A few listener questions he could prep for. Need that voice. So that'd be up to Donald. He's always invited. And I know that Beyond the Bricks with Jake and Mike that airs after us in May, they, I don't know if Donald was on much this past year, but he was the year before. But uh, trust me, Donald has a standing invitation to appear on that show and our show as well. And we'll try to visit that at some point. Here's going to be the idea that I have, if anyone from the radio station is listening that is in there full time, there are tapes out there. Someone needs to go through the tapes from Donald and talk with him and get his permission and say, hey, can we do best of shows? Can we repackage some of these shows and give him the chance to listen to them and make sure he's okay with, you know, what he said uh, in certain segments and everybody's trying to create content and revenue. There's content and revenue right there. People would love to hear a best of Donald Davidson and maybe it's only an online thing or it's a podcast, but that's doable. I like it. And unless it, uh, unless they're just going to replay some of our old shows and I'm, Never want to go back and listen to. Well, that's bad takes exposed. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's bad. That's bad business right there. So yeah. let's don't, let's don't encourage that. But, uh, no, I, I think it works better in what Donald does than what we do. I'm not sure people want to hear us, uh, break down race nine of the 16 race calendar from 2012 as much as they want to hear Donald talk about the 1927 Indy 500. Those are, that's a little different scenario so well, yeah that, we'll, we'll see if somebody wants to jump on board with that but we can always pull up the the dan weldon bobsledding story and uh <laughs> we can always bring up jimmy vassar and kevin Kalkovin talking a little bit lubricated uh while they uh, left the racetrack one night so well, that, we that could would be- if all the podcast tapes weren't destroyed somewhere and, and erased <laughs> down the line so nothing That's exists true. anymore unfortunately uh, Mike Kuhn at Mike Kuhn Illini asks, uh, hello, Mike. Good to hear from you. He said, I was excited to see the top tier X coming again to the IndyCar weekend at Iowa. Was not as excited to see my $125 tickets from last year balloon to $200 this year. That's a the huge jump, more than I pay for the 500 Will IndyCar fans pay the higher prices? And I had a couple emails and some direct messages on that, so we'll just do all of that here. Do you have the list in front of you? Maybe what you can look that up. It is a it's Ed Sheeran and uh, Zach what? Brown band. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you can look up the other two. There are four big bands. I think for people that are in the ticket buying business, there probably was a little bit of sticker shock. It is higher than last year. And what I would say is this. The people that are promoting events, well, the people that are selling anything, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're selling product, it's not based on, well, this is what it costs us or what we think is fair. It's generally, no, here's what we think we can get. We're in the money-making business, and if you make bolts that it costs you $0.18 cents to make and you think you can sell them for a dollar, you sell them for a dollar, but you run the risk that the guy down the street sells them for $0.50 cents and you don't sell any. So that's basically, it's a supply and demand kind of thing, and it's no different with tickets. 
Um, this is a little bit different too, because you have different factors involved. You, you might decide, all right, we're going to do a, a cheap ticket because we think it's better for the brand. And we think we can sell more hot dogs and parking and beer and make the money back there and grow the sport. But there's still an expense to put these events on. And this becomes even more complicated because these four major acts, I forget last year, but we we kind of guesstimated. Someone told me what the numbers were. And it was something like, you know, one to two million dollars per act is what we're talking about. So this is a majorly expensive event. Yes, high V is covering some of that. Uh, and this is the conundrum. So hardcore race fans would, in some cases, like to say, I'm not going to see the bands. I just want to go see the race. And that used to be an $80 ticket, but it doesn't necessarily work that way. So you've got to pay for the acts and the entertainment. And this is the strategy that it's worked for Circuit of the Americas before Formula One grew in massive popularity. The, the acts that they had kind of helped make that event survive, and they're trying it here. And it was pretty close to sold out last year, so they'll give it a try. And the the customer will decide if this was priced correctly based on what we see as far as the attendance. The other two acts uh, that will appear on Saturday at Iowa, Kenny Chesney and Carrie Underwood. Of course, Carrie Underwood leading Monday Night Football uh, intro, or was that, is it Sunday night football? I think it's Monday night. I've lost track. Of course, Zach Brown band, as we mentioned, and Ed Sheeran, those are huge, huge acts, especially Ed Sheeran. Uh, that, that's, that's big stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's the market's going to decide whether this is the model for an IndyCar race. We'll see how it goes. Yep. Uh, I don't know what the right answer is there, but it, we'll judge it by attendance. Hey, good and on them it, for trying something. Good on them for trying. And people want more ovals, and maybe this is the way, because we've tried it the old way, without the big concert acts, and the promoter didn't make enough money. So the fan base has said, we need more ovals, so this has been the plan to, this is how we can do more ovals. We think we can draw enough people in there uh, to to make this work. Because what they probably drew... Especially, it's one of the reasons why there's a doubleheader. You bring in more people. You have two big ticket days instead of just one big ticket day. But, you know, the last couple of times, I'm going to say there were twelve or 15,000 people there for the weekend. Because it was a one-day show, essentially. And here, in this case, this past year, you had maybe 60,000, 70,000, something like that. I don't know what the announced attendance or the capacity is, but you... Well, you probably quadrupled it. I think would be probably a safe estimate in attendance. Yeah, that's probably close. Three to five and a half times, somewhere in that range. You at least tripled it, and maybe it was five to six times more than what you had in the past. So uh, it'll be one to watch as we move forward. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. 
and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Okay, uh, a couple of other news items. Chip Ganassi Racing, Jenna Fryer uh, posted this about a week and a half ago. Essentially, com confirmation and i think i've seen this in some other places too they still plan to run four entries she wrote that ganassi will swap the number 48 for the number 11 to run 8 9 10 11 so we can cross that one off for tony canon getting to run number 11 in his indy 500 entry the drivers of the 11 are expected to split ovals veteran and road and street courses young guy and she writes i think rhr would be the oval guy as far as the young guy formula scout wrote last week they they cover the the young formula car driver scene american and otherwise felipe drugovich uh is aiming to combine his aston martin formula one reserve role with racing in another series in 23 so he is a young brazilian driver and he's the formula two champion very well regarded and his name has come up before in IndyCar circles. I heard it a lot over the summer and then it kind of cooled off. Well, he's now saying that Aston Martin supports him racing next year. And his quote was, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'll probably be doing something. That's the main goal. I want to keep driving. And also Aston wants me to keep driving. So super formula, IndyCar, Le Mans hypercar, anything like that. And they are known to have spoken with Ganassi. So you might keep an eye on that one. Of, of maybe he is someone, and he might be, I'm sure Dale Coyne is talking with him as well. Those are the primary ones. And Ricardo Junkos, I'm sure, has placed a call there. But that's where things stand on that front. Yeah, I got a sense Dale Coyne, though, is probably Marcus Armstrong. That's where I think that happens. Uh, but you may know something that that I haven't heard in in recent days. Of course, the Thanksgiving holiday kind of takes everyone out of the loop for a, f- a few days. But uh, but uh, let's look for that. And yeah, I think that Ganassi one's the most intriguing. Obviously, left uh, to be announced. Um, I wanted to try to touch on real quick the David Mulcher Lopez story on. Uh, expanding the schedule and i'll try to pull that up a little bit and what i'll well touch on is you know we all get excited about that we all want more races we also want the people wanting and needing to pay for those extra races so that's part of it as well and i saw some some tweets from other drivers pato award get rid of double race weekends add mexico brazil argentina in a race in europe and again easy for pato to say uh and i think as a fan i would prefer having no double race weekends, but I think financially that helps make Iowa work. So in this case, because I want to see a short oval that races a bit like a super speedway is an entertaining race. I want to see Iowa continue. And if it needs to be a double header, so be it. Yeah. I'd like, I, I don't mind the, the two races at Iowa, perhaps some do, um, you know, interesting. Jay Fry made those comments uh, in a discussion with David Malsher and he talked about possibly going to 20, kind of feeling the sweet spot. It's What's interesting to me is Roger Penske has never really thought that uh, exceeding 18 was a good idea for IndyCar. He's always at least publicly talked about 18 kind of being the maximum. So for Jada to, to say that publicly, although he may have, I mean, I don't know the context at which the question was asked. He may have just sort of been repeating David's quote or his mm-hmm. uh, question uh, when he uttered the word 20 races. Um, 
but it still seems unrealistic that IndyCar would get to 20 races without some kind of uh, TV influence. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, just needing more programming. Uh, I, th- I think it feels like, uh, you know, the, the sweet spot is more like in the 17 range. I do think the other thing that uh, Jay talked about was being North American focused. And so I believe the teams largely are North American focused, everybody but Junco's Racing, of course, which was just in Argentina. But but I think North America feels like the right place. I think they would be in Mexico uh, with, with Pato's rising popularity, but he's, he, you know, you got to make sure they have a Mexican driver if you're going to run in Mexico. And still, somebody's got to pay for it. And you know, exactly. it's easy just to say, well, IndyCar can promote it. They're doing that. Eh. There's only so much of that you can do. They're stretched pretty thin doing the races in Indianapolis and the Iowa race and the Detroit race. And if they end up going to Milwaukee, they'd probably be doing the Milwaukee race. So you can't just say, we want to be there. We think it will work. It's fantastic that people showed up to see one car run around in Argentina. All right, that's step one. Step two is someone ready to write the check. And if they are, and it's got to be the big check, it's not just a breaking even kind of thing. It's got to be, because the other teams, it doesn't help them commercially to go there. It's a bit of a nuisance. They need to make a little bit of a profit off that. If they do, if IndyCar can make a little bit of a profit that is spread around to the teams, however you figure it, then it's feasible. Um, and, and to what you said earlier, yeah, I, I want to hear Roger Penske on the record. That's what I've not heard. I want to hear Roger say, and his thought is probably, well, if someone wants to pay us enough money and we believe it's a good, sustainable event like Nashville, Roger had to be convinced that somebody had a good plan. This wasn't going to be a one and done that this can work and be successful. Once he saw the plan, he was like, okay, let's do it. So I think that scenario still exists and it's probably not really a number. It's we'll add another race. We'll add two races. We'll add three races. If you can show us that there is the financial backing and everything else needed to make a new event work. Infrastructure, call it infrastructure and not just, yeah. uh, not just racetrack and, and permanent seating or, or temporary seating. It's, it's not just the hardware. It's the manpower. It's the people, the leadership. It's the financial depth. Deep pockets; those are the kind of things that uh, that that would be convincing to Roger. Final thing I'll get to in this segment: um, we had heard some whispers about this from the last couple of months, and it started with whispers, but that the team might be making a change in the entry, and that maybe went away when Felix Rosenquist was retained with Aaron McLaren SP. But we were kind of wondering about Jack Harvey in that program didn't talk about it a lot because one, I guess I didn't want to be mean and I didn't have it firm on the record and no one else did either. Well, now we, you know, I think you get confirmation that, yeah, there was some thinking going on and how about a, uh, what, what is it? You you try to put out uh, your, your news that you don't really want to get a lot of attention to. It used to be 5 o'clock on Friday or right before a holiday. I think they sent this out on the Wednesday afternoon before Thanksgiving. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, like, like 4 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jack Harvey and uh, Christian Lungard are swapping numbers and primary sponsors. Mainly, Hy-Vee 
is going to be with Christian Lungard. And sponsors are to be announced for Jack Harvey. Um, and then they, you know, did their best to kind of put a quote there together along with that. But really what this says is, uh, and, and people have asked me, you know, is this something high V demanded? I don't know. Not necessarily. Uh, whether they asked for it indirectly or not, Bobby Rahal is smart enough to know that that's a big partner and we want to make sure that they're happy. And the way things are right now, there is a better likelihood. Now, maybe this changes. I, I think it will. I think given a chance, Jack Harvey is going to have a Felix Rosenquist type resurgence. Second year in this program, Jack's a good driver. I think he can still salvage something there with that team. But the safest play Make sure that Hy-Vee is getting airtime, not just buying commercials, because unfortunately we couldn't talk about Jack on the broadcast because he was running 20th. We talked about Christian Lungard, though, so they need to take care of Hy-Vee, and that's why it was done. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I don't think that, based on what I know of the of the organizations involved, I don't think Hy-Vee went to the team. I think you're right. Bobby Rahal just recognized the need that high V car needs to be running in the camera shot, or at least in a position to be discussed. You can't have it running 20, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, whatever it was. Jack was really nowhere uh, except for the weekend. He got hurt or had a, he got his bell rung a little bit at Texas and then was held out of that race. And really after that, I'm not sure there was any place that, uh, that he was jack of old, so to speak. So a good kind of a preventative or, uh, you know, strike on the behalf of the team, and and we'll see where this goes. But I expect both those drivers to take a step in 2023. 20, uh, and to your point, they also included in that press release that Graham Rahal would be staying in the 15. Well, okay, that was just to kind of mask the idea that the other yeah, two were, we're switching. just confirming our car numbers for next yeah, year. That's Nothing right. to see here. Nothing. <laughs> so, and they announced a new uh, a technical director or or something along with that from the Formula One world so to kind of show that hey, we are upping the program a little bit. So, uh, there's that. All right, we'll see what we missed coming up in a moment on Trackside. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, time for what we missed and to wrap things up. And I don't think anything has broken today, so I still suspect some news coming out soon. I know some teams want to get their uh, full-time entry uh, finalized, buttoned up, confirmed, and I think we'll get some more Indy 500 news before we get to Christmas as well. So let's sneak in a couple of Twitter questions. Chris Bassler asked uh, a week or so ago, do you have any updates on the status of the IndyCar video game that was supposed to come out in spring 2023? Haven't heard much about it recently, and I'm hoping the project is still in the works, Chris asks. 
I have not heard. Maybe ask IndyCar on social media if they would give an answer. I have seen some uh, concerning reports about the the company that was involved in that. That leads to some question, but I haven't seen anything uh, on that or heard anything definitively if that indeed is going to happen as planned. Also at Kevin Lee 23, and if uh, I miss you tonight, I think I got everybody. Feel free to, uh, I'll save it. I'll save it for next week as well if you send something in late tonight that I've just missed. From Mike Stoops, have you heard any concerns with Connor Daly's sponsor BitNile being in jeopardy considering the recent cryptocurrency failures? Have not. That said, I haven't talked to Connor in a while. Uh, I, I think in some ways... And, and I'm saying this without a whole lot of knowledge on crypto. I never did when it was booming. And we've obviously seen the recent trends uh, of one of the major uh, entities involved with cryptocurrency having some some issues. So I would think there is concern. But are they all related? Maybe, maybe not. I also think, suspect that Todd Alt has uh, more going on than just crypto. So I would say this. I hope all is fine with Connor and for everyone that has money in cryptocurrency. But it's obviously just something to keep an eye on. That is a uh, volatile type of, of investment, I think would be fair to say. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's not. I don't have investments. I can't speak to it. Jeff Cherneski asks, what's A.J. Foyt Racing doing in the offseason to get better? Have they made any engineering hires to improve the cars? Is the team as excited to start the season as they were last year with Kyle Kirkwood? I would say to the second part, I would guess yes. The great thing about a new season, no matter what the sport is, there is always optimism. I'm sure they're trying to upgrade. Uh, I, I think I, they feel like they have some stability. They're going to have a driver that's going to be there multiple years with Benjamin Peterson. They're excited about Ferrucci. So, yeah, we'll hope for good things for A.J. Foyt Racing. We're out of time. We'll see you next Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.